Hi there, you're listening to Season 1, Episode 7 of the Cowgirl Confessions Podcast. I really enjoyed recording this episode with my longtime cowgirl friend, Camille Burleson. And you guys, if you're a part of rodeo, then you're very familiar with the term rodeo family. And and if you're not familiar with rodeo and the Western way of lifestyle, but you've um, found this podcast and are choosing to spend the time to listen to it, um, rodeo family is basically just the people that you rodeo with, that you meet, um, and those friends that really become family that you spend your weekends with. And you know, they're just a phone call away, whether you have a horse that gets sick or a truck that breaks down, um, or you just need a helping hand, you know, to put on a back number or help you get down the alleyway that those are the people that, that we call our rodeo family. And Camille Burleson is absolutely somebody that is in my rodeo family circle. We grew up through the ranks of junior, high school, and college rodeo together. Um, and just getting to share her story with you guys is extremely special to me because she is a phenomenal woman who is centered in Christ, who is choosing to raise her children along with her husband, um, you know, in a, in the Western lifestyle. And her story though, has not been just a bed of roses though. She's definitely walked through some very hard seasons, especially with the calling God put on her heart to, and the desire to be a wife and a mama. And so she shares her story with us about um, infertility and adoption and what that's looked like for their family. And uh, it's just a great time to be able to share this with you. November is actually National Adoption Awareness Month. And it was just really eye-opening to be able to hear her story and, and what adoption has looked like inside their family. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you guys know somebody that it would bless them to hear this story and what Camille has walked through and just listening to her cowgirl state of mind put to action in her day-to-day life, please be sure to share it with them, subscribe, and leave us a review if you feel so led. y'all and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small town cowgirl with Southern roots, blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and Western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dale Evans said it best, cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands, they speak up, they defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress, but she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and Western life may get along the way. There 
is absolutely no better way to kick off a morning than with a longtime friend. I've got my coffee and I've got my friend Camille Burleson in Northwest Florida on the line. Camille, thank you so much for being here this morning. Hey, good morning, Dakota. Yes, thank you for sharing your morning with me. I'm, I'm so excited to join you. I'm just so proud of you for taking this leap and, and this journey that you've been on. And it's, um, it's a great feeling to just get to be a tiny little part of it. So thank you for having me. I've got my coffee and I'm ready, ready to chat with you. Wonderful. You guys, Camille and I are recording this real early in the morning, um, trying to you know, make the most of those wee moments of quiet time before our littles wake up. And so, yeah, and just thank you, girl, for being such a cheerleader for me, um, trying to get this podcast up and off the ground and just in all other areas of life. Um, Y'all, if you don't have a friend that you can, you know, send a message to or pick up the phone and call <laughs> or shoot a text to, like, prime example, this past weekend, uh, um we had some family photos taken and my toddler like was having a meltdown. Thankfully my sister-in-law captures great photos still, but I like, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, is this normal? Like all the emotions <laughs> and, and Camille's that person I can, you know, send that to. And she's like, it's totally normal. Cause she's been there, done that. And um, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> um, Camille tell, I mean, there's so much we can unpack in here. Um, but let's just share with the listeners, if you would, just a little bit about yourself, kind of how you grew up and, and where you're at right now. Okay, well, I'm Camille Burleson and I live, I grew up and I currently live in uh, the Panhandle of Florida. Um, and it's funny because I grew up rodeoing and that's how most people know me and that's our connection, Dakota, that actually are where we live, it's more of like a beach destination than it is anything. Um, I just always think that that's kind of funny that I grew up around horses and in school and stuff that was something that people would be like you do what you rodeo like you ride bulls <laughs> no there's actually more to a rodeo than riding bulls um but so my husband and I we live here in the town that I grew up in and um, we're raising our three kids right here on the property that I grew up on um we have a house and a couple acres that connect to my parents and um, so that's also one of the things that I just really love is getting to raise my kiddos the same way that I was raised and them getting to see their grandparents every day. And they're definitely growing up around horses and, you know, playing in the woods and doing all the things that, that we did as kids. And um, so I'm just a busy, busy mama. My husband, um, Dustin, he works for the sheriff's office here. And um, that's actually where we met. I, that was one of my first jobs out of college was working at the sheriff's office. And we met, and it's so hard to believe, but I think that's been like 11 years ago now. Wow. <laughs> and um, so we are just in the trenches of parenthood. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And um, a new thing that I've added to the list is homeschool mom. Um, so we have Spaniel that's four, Brantley's three, and Millie Jewel just turned one in September. So definitely just in the trenches every day, um, mama, and trying to, trying to ride, trying to rodeo or barrel race at least a little bit, and um, riding with my kids, and you know, that's my biggest thing. That's my number one priority right now is raising these babies. Well, and there's nothing, you know, at the end of the day, there, there is nothing more important than getting to steward 
and you know steward the hearts of of our little ones and because they're our future and I just um just appreciate you know your your dedication to that um and being so open about it because I think sometimes it's like well well what else do you do you know or Mm -hmm. and sometimes people say well (laughs) I'm just a stay-at-home mom and it's like i I don't, I I honestly, I hate hearing that when people say it, because it's like, no, you're not just anything. Like you have been given like the most important job Mm -hmm. ever. Um, So um, you are, I I went through a phase where I I was just a stay at home mom. And then finally I realized like, I'm not just anything. (laughs) Like This is my greatest. These are, they're my greatest accomplishment, but they're also my largest mission. Mm-hmm. And, and just like you said, we're raising our future and it, I don't want to get like too into everything. <laughs> I don't want to get too political here. Or anything, oh but, boy. We could unpack uh, a lot right now, but you, you just, but you, know, you know, yeah, it starts at home. And, and so we are um, raising our future and, and you have to be very mindful of that. Yes. Well, well said. Um, we could have a whole nother podcast on another time <laughs> for that. Um, once the babies are in bed and we're not on a, uh, trying to make sure they're not waking up this morning. So, um, yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, Camille, let you've had so much experience and I've just, you know, I've literally known you for, we've known each other for over 20 years at this point, which is crazy to say as crazy. well. Um, so, you know, I've had the pleasure of watching you, you know, grow up and, um, along, you know, together and and through the horses and the cowboys and, you know, all the things <laughs> that we've been and done and went, why in the world did we do that? And the oh, road yeah. trips and, um, but through all of that, kind of like what unique skills have you learned from being a cowgirl? And, and then just how have you incorporated those in other areas of your life? Um, oh man, you know, it's so many, so many things you learn from being around horses and just farm or ranch life and then when you throw rodeo into it it just brings on a whole different set of skills but one of the things that I look at is um, like persistence and perseverance and uh, you know the fact that or and two like patience like that's something I guess that I pull in daily with my kids is I go back to thinking about like when you're working with a young horse or Mm -hmm. you know when how the minute that they start to get it you give them that release and you stop on them and so some days you may ride for hours or they may get more work multiple times because you're trying to get you've got a goal in mind for that day but and with kids, it's the same way. Like, you know, some days you may have to work on something for hours before you get to that. And you may have to constantly remind them. But other days, they may give you that the first time you ask them. And you need to stop and leave it alone, just like you would with a horse. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that that's been one of the biggest things. It's like I've, I've really, in raising these kids, like I've been like, okay, like with, I know it's maybe it's crazy to some people that I compare raising my kids to riding a horse, but that's been my life and that's something I can relate to. And so that's been a big thing. And then, um, like I said, just the not giving up the persistence of it, the um, perseverance of it, just keep trying, keep trying, put in the effort and the, the rewards eventually going to be there. Um, And, you know, like just, again raising kids and riding young horses 
you'll get a little glimpse of it every now and then. And that just shows you that the work you're putting in is going to pay off, you know, but like, you're not going to see the great reward until the end. And so that, that's a big part of it that I think, and um, just the friendships that we make in rodeo and um, the, you're competing against your best friend, but you want them to win just as bad as you want yourself to win. And I think that that's just one of the coolest things about our sport is, you know, um, I think about Randa and I, whenever we were rodeoing together so much, we were back there behind the alleyway helping each other. Like, is your saddle tight? Do you have this? Do you have that? Are you ready? Like, you know, making sure each other were focused and ready to run. And then, she would go in and make her run and I'd be standing there when she came out and she'd, you know, do the same things for me. I'd go in and make my run and we were cheering for each other just as much as we were competing against each other and helping each other just as much as we were competing against each other. And, you know, like I can remember we were at a rodeo and Randa was winning it and I ran and outran her. And then I came out and I was, they were, it was a rodeo where they were making us take a victory lap. And I thought, <laughs> well, I don't have a horse to take a victory lap on. And Randa said, here, just get on Betty and take a victory lap. Because we all, I mean, Rooster definitely wasn't going in the arena for a victory lap. And so uh-huh. I made my, I made my victory lap on Betty and halfway down the alleyway, Randa hollers at me. She's like, your saddle's not tight. Hold on. <laughs> But, you know, when I think about rodeo, like, that's what I think about it. You know, your best friend standing there, y'all are competing against each other. And then she hands you her horse to go make her victory lap on. And there's not a lot of sports that are like that. And any, especially not anymore. And, but raising my kids, those are the things that I want them to see. And, and I really think you get to see the relationships when you're around the Western and rodeo lifestyle. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I just, um, I, well, I mean, I'm just like grinning ear to ear right now. Just, you know, having those <laughs> flashbacks, thinking about us, you know, from from junior high school rodeo, even on to college and, um, you know, you and Randa and so many others. And, um, <laughs> and honestly, just right now, I'm just having like this real, like a little bit of overflowing of emotion, thinking about our parents and, you know, the mm-hmm. time and the money that they spent taking us up and down the road and like, um, you know, not only is it that you've got your friends, I, I can, you know, it, there were too many times to count the number of times that your dad would, would come over and, you know, Hey, do you need help getting down the alleyway or, you know, uh-huh. did I need anything? Um, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it's just, th- there's nothing quite like it anywhere else. And now the fact that, you know, we we're choosing to raise our kids in that way. Mm-hmm. And, the thought one day we could, you know, maybe be sitting um, at the IFW or at high school yeah. finals with cheering on our babies in the stands. Like it's, I sure hope so. Me too. It's like a whole full circle deal. And um, it really it's is. so just so encouraging, um, especially with, with what all's kind of going on in our world mm-hmm. today. Um, and, and you it, know, talking like, cut you off the cut bit that. You're good. It was really like growing up and, and I, at still at the rodeos it's still that way everybody watches out for everybody you know I remember uh your mom Pam being back there and she was everybody making sure we all got married she always had her day sheet She'd tell you right when you needed to be ready um and 
had and so many others, you know, of course, Miss Dallas, Miss Becky, and you know, they're all <laughs> back there. And it didn't matter if you were their kid or not, I'll help you. And, um, and, and I just think, like, that's what I want for my kids. And so appreciate, like, if you were doing something that you weren't supposed to be doing, and one of them, they were going to get on to you just like you were there. <laughs> and that's something I really want for my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To have that accountability, it kind of, it takes a village without a doubt. You know, I, I've heard people say that for years. And now I'm, you know, in the motherhood stage. And I'm like, whew, it does take a village um, <laughs> for sure. Um, so do you have any favorite, Camille? I know we could talk on and on, but do you have any favorite um kind of rodeo stories that you can share with us? Well, just sitting here and just talking about our parents and, and remembering, I was just thinking about there was this um I guess it was a junior rodeo because I was little and um so me and Papa, that's what I call my dad, you know, and um, he was papa to everybody, so y'all, everybody should know that. But, yeah. um, we were standing back there, and I was getting ready to run and running barrels, and we're standing back there, and this um, dad was getting his daughter ready, and they were getting ready to walk down the alleyway, and he grabbed her reins like real tight, up like you know right by the bit, and just really got a hold of this horse, and the horse is just kind of walking, not doing anything. You know, he grabs it and. We, we kind of like perked up and started watching, you know, and um, <laughs> this dad, he's walking her and he stops and he turns around to that girl and he looked at her and he was like, all right, now remember, you take him to the left and you jerk him back to the right. And then they walked on down the alleyway and me and Papa just looked at each other and just died laughing because we were like, now what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> take me to the left and jerk me to the right. And just that little, that little moment has stuck with both of us. And there are days where I'll be, you know, whether it was in high school and me trying to, you know, figure out a horse, or if it's been me riding a young horse, or now it's me raising kids. But I'll be talking to my dad, to Papa about something, and he'll just look, you know, asking, I'll kind of be asking for advice or asking for his opinion. And he'll just look at me and say, I don't know, just take him to the left and jerk him to the right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great thing to kind of break, like, the depth of the moment, you know, because it makes me just laugh and be like, well, if all else fails, you know, I know I'm giving it 110%, so I guess we're good. That's but, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. we we never know what that saying really means. Like when you take it to the left and jerk it to the right, I'm sure it's, uh, even on thinking about the barrel pattern, I'm still not real sure how you do that. <laughs> but that, <laughs> there are days in motherhood and in marriage, in whatever, where I really feel like that's what I'm doing. I don't have any idea, but by golly, I'm going and doing, and I'm putting in the effort, and I'm trying. <laughs> you're showing up. You paid your fees. You're <laughs> entered. <laughs> and and boy, some days I feel like, um, yeah, I know we've talked about this before, but I'm like, um, I need a magic seat. You know, there was a point in my life where I was like, crop between my teeth, over and under and between the first and second. And now I'm like, Whew, Jesus take the wheel where's my magic seat somebody give me a boost to get on my horse like it's uh but but you know what in those moments like you said you just 
take them to the left, jerk them to the right. You're entered. Yeah. Let's go do this. Hey, and you know what? You're not only just entered, like you've got a game plan. It yeah. may not make a whole lot of sense <laughs> to you and it may not make any sense to anybody else, but sister, you've got a game plan and you're going in the gate. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Sometimes just showing up and getting in there is, is half the battle. Oh my it goodness. Is. Um, yeah, I already know we need a whole nother episode just devoted to telling rodeo stories and we should have like Randa and Jill and, and some of them oh on here goodness. as well. Um, for sure. Um, so, okay. You, you mentioned you've started this homeschool journey. You're still trying to run barrels. You've got three children. What, what advice do you have Camille on just navigating the responsibilities as well as the opportunities when it comes to you know, careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. How, how are you doing it all? <laughs> oh, man, I'm wearing a magic suit most days. <laughs> um, I mean, in all honesty, you know, right now, I, well, okay, let me just back up just a little bit. Before we had kids, I had a great job that I absolutely loved, and I traveled. Um, not as much as you do, Dakota, but on average, about one week every month, I was on the road. And um, so, but I loved, 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 loved my job. And so it was a big thing for me to step back, even though I knew I always had wanted to be a mama and I'd always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I knew that's what I wanted. But then whenever it actually happened, it was, mm -hmm. a, it was a big adjustment. And, um, you know, because, well, anyways, it was a big adjustment to just being home. And um, now we've got three, three kiddos, not just one. We've got three kiddos. And so it's a different kind of busy than like I've ever experienced in my life. Um, and it's, it's quite crazy most days. Um, but what has kind of helped me through that, and, and in looking back, I can really appreciate like, the act of being present and mm -hmm. finding time to like just enjoy um those small moments and um be like be present you know where I'm at right now it's being present with my kids before where it was at and I look back now and I, I'm so thankful for the opportunities that I was given and the things I got to experience before I had kids um, and when Dustin and I, you know, in those first couple of years of marriage, I'm so thankful for that. But looking back, I wish I would have taken more time to be present and to just really appreciate those little things. Like the Saturday mornings when you could just stay in bed and sleep in and not like get woke up <laughs> and immediately <laughs> have to put your game face on, uh, yeah. you know, uh, or like just uh, a lazy day at home where you just want to lay around and watch Netflix all day you know that doesn't happen anymore and, but when those when you have those opportunities like when you have those days or when I had those days I took them for granted I, I didn't realize like I didn't think like oh I should appreciate this moment where I can just sit on my couch and watch a tv show oh <laughs> um, yeah and yeah, I mean, because that doesn't happen anymore. Now, looking back, I'm like, oh, I would just love a Saturday by myself. Or can we, like, even just being able to, like, go to the barn and saddle your horse without feeling like a toddler's going to get underneath your horse? Yeah. Or my favorite, whenever you get, you, you get your game face on, you got a plan, you're going to the grocery store with your kid or kids, oh. and then they fall asleep, like, five minutes before, and then you're like, 
Do I need yeah, groceries that yourself. bad? Like, do I really need groceries that bad? Um, maybe we should just sit here for a while and let them let them sleep. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm with you. I was in the same boat. Like, and not that I would ever go back, but being like you said, being in that moment and really being mindful of what a gift you know that chapter is, and yeah. not being in such a hurry to get to the next chapter because I was super guilty of that and just mm-hmm. you know wanting to have it all figured out. And so I I too didn't really, um, didn't appreciate some of those really simple everyday moments. And you don't like, you know, I, I don't think there's anyone that really does, but looking back, that's definitely something. And, and that has helped me now where I'm at. Um, because it can get, like I said, it, my days are really quite crazy. Um, and they can be really chaotic, but learning to just stop worrying about my to-do list, stop trying to check things off. The dishes are going to be there. And even if I wash the dishes five minutes later, the sink's going to be full again. There's always going to be laundry. The floors are always going to need to be done, but my kids are my priority. And they're what's like, you know, if I'll just stop trying to keep myself busy and do all my busy tasks and pull away and just be present with my kids, it normally makes my day go so much smoother and especially like, you know, I think, I think you and I've talked about this because I think I was having a meltdown one day. I was trying to wash dishes and I just really wanted to get the dishes washed. I don't, I can't stand it. And the kids were just all having meltdowns. And so I finally got the baby down for a nap and I got the boys. They've been wanting to play with Play-Doh. So I was like, just get up here at the counter. Y'all can play with this Play-Doh. And I'm going to wash these dishes. I mean, I only had like a few things to wash. It was like a five-minute job. So, you know, I think I'm going to give them this Play-Doh and I'm going to go wash my dishes. They've been begging all morning for the Play-Doh. Well, I give them the Play-Doh. I go over and immediately, as soon as I get in my hands, good and soapy, and I'll start washing these dishes, they're still ha- they start having meltdowns again. And so I'm like, okay. Finally, at that point, I was just like, all right, I'm done. The dishes are not getting washed. I'm going to go sit over here because obviously what they really want is not the Play-Doh. It's me. It's my attention because I've been Mm -hmm. so worried about getting all of these tasks done all day. They're needing me. And so I, you know, I did. I went and I I quit washing dishes. I went and I sat down at the counter and we played with Play-Doh and it was wonderful. You know, like that's, but that's what they were wanting. It wasn't the Play-Doh. It was me. They wanted me to be present. Because they could tell all morning, even though I'd been going through the motions and taking care of them and giving them little things to do, I hadn't really been present with them because I'd been so focused on all my other stuff that needed to get done. And so and sitting down, putting them in your lap and reading the book to them or grabbing the building blocks out and sitting on the floor and y'all building something or going to the barn and brushing the horses or whatever it is put the phone down, unless Mm -hmm. you're using it to take pictures, (laughs) (laughs) put the phone down, put the task aside and be present because, and, and this is just me speaking from what goes on in my house and my kids. This is not me speaking, you know, this isn't necessarily going to work all the time and it may not work for everyone else, but my kids, whenever they start to get to that point where they're so wound up and they're super like having the meltdowns and a lot, if I look back on what I've been doing the past couple hours or the past few minutes or whatever, a lot of times I can see where I've had myself busy and I haven't been present with them. 
and and it's a balance because they've also got to learn to be independent and sure. you know and, and that mommy does have to get things done and you know I I do I stay at home with them we homeschool um we are you know mine are young Samuel's my oldest and he's four so when I say homeschool like it's a very loose term but <laughs> they're at home with me and we are um you know we are definitely schooling from home and um then so so I have that on my plate and then I also have um I, I've just partnered with a new company and I'm I'm you know starting like kind of a, a new um passion through this new company that I've joined and then I also do some work for my sister who owns a company so and then just you know I'm a wife too yeah. <laughs> and um you know just run, doing the daily like household stuff so we have a lot of things on our plate and and it does it's I mean, I know I've said it like multiple times, but it is chaotic and just taking that time to be present and, and just remember that at the end of the day, it's those babies and your husband, it's your family that matters. And it's like that you're raising these, you're raising our future. Like, I mean, we started out saying that, like you're raising our future and shaping their hearts and molding them into, um, the men and women that are gonna, you know, be running the world. And, yeah. and, 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 and I'm raising mine, I want mine to be, you know, world changers. And um, so I, I make all kinds of posts on my social media about how my boys are so wild and, you know, they're so strong willed and, and we joke about that quite a bit, but in all honesty, that's what I want my kids to be. I want yeah. them to be strong and I want them to be wild and fierce but I want them to know boundaries and responsibilities and, and to have a good heart. And, and that's my, um, it's real easy for me to sit here and say this this morning before they're all awake and the chaos really begins, but that's how I have to go back and I have to ground myself and center myself in this is my greatest mission. This is the mission that God's given me. And while I don't understand everything that goes on in our day to day and I know that this is a task that's way too big for me to do alone. He's going to see me through it. He's brought me here. He's given it to me and he's going to see me through it. And um, he's given me three hearts to fill with him and to fill with his love. And there is no greater blessing or no greater, um, you know, assignment for me than that. And so I think like as parents and if we can just bring ourselves back to that sometime, and just calm ourselves and center ourselves and get our priorities straight again, it makes the day-to-day a lot easier. So I'm sorry, Dakota, I know I kind of rambled through that, no. but I, I hope that that kind of makes sense. It, oh, it, it did. And I'm um, just with those reminders of how, how important it is to, to be present. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that goes for everything. Like you said, not only with your kiddos, but with your marriage and, and even with work. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I think with us having our phones that are like an extra appendage of us, sometimes I'm very, very guilty of like checking the email or doing this or that instead of just being present. And thank you so much for that, Camille. So, so good. Camille, did you know that you always wanted to be a mom or that you always wanted to have three kids? Can you just tell us kind of what that idea of, of motherhood looked like for you? Um, yeah, you know, growing up, I, people always ask you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, 
I don't remember ever having like a big dream job. I mean, I wanted to be a barrel racer. I wanted to rodeo. But other than that, the only other thing that I ever knew I wanted to be was a wife and a mother. And um, that was, you know, I guess that was my dream job. That was the thing that I grew up as a little girl. I, I knew I always wanted to have a family. And um, I grew up with a big family. So, yeah, I always knew I wanted to have more than one kid. And um, oddly enough, once I... I met the one and, you know, knew that that's who I was going to share the rest of my life with, Dustin. We, um, we got married and we were, I think we would have been happy if we would have come home from the honeymoon and been able to tell everybody we were pregnant, but, um, <laughs> you know, best laid plans are, you know, they're, uh, they don't always happen the way that you think they are. And, um, we actually had some struggles starting our family. And um, it's funny because I, I didn't share, especially when we were walking through this. Um, Dustin and I, we tried for three years, almost four years um, to get pregnant and um, were unsuccessful and um, went through fertility treatments and um, then explored adoption and um is all of our options and it was a really hard time and um, a lot of emotions and trials and strains and um, we I didn't talk about it going through it if you were in my really close circle you knew a little bit um but I didn't share it I didn't and I definitely didn't share it publicly and then honestly we got to the point where we didn't talk about it hardly at all um, with anyone except each, each other. You know, Dustin and I would talk about stuff, but we, once we really started pursuing adoption, we didn't even share that, like, current um, updates and stuff. We didn't share any of that with, with our closest family. And um, so I'll tell you a little bit of the story so you can see how crazy it was. Um, like I said, Dustin and I, we tried for, I guess we've been trying for about three years to get pregnant and going through fertility treatments. And we, um, our next step was going to be IVF and, um, it had been really hard and just the, um, of course the emotions of it are hard, but then when you're going through these treatments, the stuff that you're putting into your body as a woman, you, you know how much just when your hormones get out of whack a little bit, you know how much that affects everything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we, the medication that I was on and, and the stuff I was having to take was affecting things. So we had the emotional effects of it. And then we had the, these medications just feeding into it. And um, so when we got to the point where our next step was IVF, Dustin and I just really stopped and took some time to think about it. And, um, we had always thought about adoption adoption actually even before we were married adoption was something we talked about and we were open to but we thought we thought later in life we would adopt like you know maybe that'll be the way we end our family and um but at this point we we're like this is we, we really feel like this is it this is what we're being called to do and to explore this and um it was really hard getting to that point into that um, to the point I was ready to, 
um, acknowledge that was going to be our avenue and um, admitting like, you know, I may not ever carry my own child. Um, that was, that was a hard one. Um, and so we started really just decided that we weren't going to do IVF, completely took that off the table, really started focusing on adoption and um, the different options. And we decided that we didn't want to adopt through the state. We wanted to do a private adoption um, and then started like reaching out to local um, adoption agencies and um, just resources and, you know, friends that had gone through similar situations. We had a, a good friend that was going through a, a pretty similar situation to us along the same time as us. And so that was really nice because we could encourage each other and kind of be there to support each other through this and share um, resources and knowledge. And um, so we really started pursuing this and we just, where we live is a smaller area and I just kept feeling like I needed to branch out. I needed, there, I, we were with two um, agencies here locally and um, I just kept feeling like we needed something bigger because um, we weren't getting any, really any communication from the, the two local agencies we were dealing with. And um, so we just kind of kept looking like not, I wouldn't even say actively searching for a bigger agency, but we were just kind of staying open, you know? And um, so I was um, sitting in bed on Sunday morning. It was Memorial Day weekend and Dustin was at work and I was um, going through some stuff. Well, I was actually scrolling Facebook and saw this ad that someone had shared that was for um, an adoption agency and they were looking for prospective parents. And so of course I click on it and start reading and stuff. And the funny thing is, is that this post was shared by someone that was not looking at adopting they just randomly shared it and they kind of shared it in a negative light um, because they, they then went into talking about how expensive adoption can be. And so they actually shared this kind of in a negative light and, and it was just a completely random post, but my God is good and faithful. And I saw it and I clicked it. <laughs> and, yes, um, he is. Yes. And so I clicked it and read about it and I just got so excited that, you know, it's Sunday morning, I'm home alone, um, getting about to get ready to go to church and it's a holiday weekend. And so I clicked it and I actually messaged this lady and started asking her some information. And I thought, you know, I, of course I sent it to Dustin and we thought there's no way we're going to hear back from her. It's a holiday weekend. And so I tried to go on about my day, but you know, I couldn't, I kept checking my phone and lo and behold, within a couple hours, she had messaged me back. And, um, so we ended up connecting that day and we talked and um, I just really felt good about connecting with this lady. And what she was, is she was a, um, an adoption referral agency. So she actually worked in between um, prospective families and, um, and, and then the agencies. So she had a huge network. Um, she worked with agencies all over the U.S. 
which was exactly what I had been praying for. And, you know, knowing that I didn't know what I was looking for, but I knew once I got this, this was it. And um, so we connected. She and I had a great relationship from the start. Um, we, she sent me some more information on the opportunity that um, I had seen the ad on. And it was a very, very expensive um, adoption opportunity for, for multiple reasons. And um, I, but I felt like I had been led there. And so even though I knew that this was way out of our budget, I knew that if that was, that God had put me there and that I needed to see it through. And if, if that's what he had for me, then somehow, some way he was going to make it happen. And so uh, we submitted our information um, so that we could be considered for that opportunity. And so for about, that was Memorial Day weekend. And so it was, I don't know, a couple of weeks, we, I stayed in touch with this lady and um, she just kept telling me, she was like, you know, Camille, the mom hasn't decided and the baby wasn't due for several months. And um, she said, you know, she may wait until the last minute. Like, we don't know. And but this lady and I, we just stayed in touch and she was so reassuring to me. And it was just so nice to have somebody actually like where you felt like you were a person, not just like a number on a list or a name on a list, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so we built this relationship. Well, then at this point, I was working uh, in the hospitality industry and I was traveling quite a bit for work. And we were, um, I've been looking forward to this big show all year. It was um in Atlantic City so I left on me and my, my um, partner at work we left on Saturday morning we flew to New Jersey and got set up for our show and I'm just so excited because this is I mean I've been looking forward to it all year it's like one of the big conferences of our industry and so much education and um, so Saturday we get there we're getting on the bus to go to our event and um, I get an email from the um, referral agency and it's information about a, another adoption opportunity. And um, it's like, you know, the baby's not supposed to be due. The baby's due like end of July, early August. And, um, you know, if you want to be considered, here's all the information. Just let us know if, we, if you'd like to be considered. So I'm sitting on this bus in Atlantic City when I get this, and I did not have, for some reason, um, my emails, like our, our Wi-Fi, our service was sketchy the whole, the whole time we were there, and so I couldn't open all the attachments. So I sent it to Dustin, and I was like, look over this and let me know what you think. So I get back from our event that night, and we're talking about it, and he's like, you know, I just... I don't know, like there's a couple of little things that I'm just not 100% sure that we need to say yes to this. So we're kind of leaning at this point to saying no, like not, not throwing our name in the hat, um, at, for lack of better terms, for this opportunity. And um, so we go to bed Saturday night, wake up Sunday morning. I'm at my conference, just had the most awesome, like, general session, opening session of the conference, really kicking it off. And I'm standing outside um, with, with my girl I'm there with, and we're just chit-chatting. And 
getting ready to go to our breakout sessions and I get an alert on my phone and I've got another email. So I open it and it's from the referral agency <laughs> and it's now saying that this baby that um, I just received the information on, he's, he's been born. Like it, it, he's been born prematurely and it gives like his stats and stuff. And so if we want to be considered for the opportunity, then we have to submit our stuff as soon as possible, like right now. And if you're chosen, you have to be able to um, travel to Texas um, ASAP, immediately. So I just, I mean, you can imagine, like, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, what? Yeah, and, that, um, wow. <laughs> like, here I am in New Jersey, and so I'm trying to get Dustin on the phone, and can't get Dustin on the phone, and my phone's not working, like, I have horrible service, and so trying to get him, can't get Dustin, and so I reach out, one of my cousins is a NICU nurse, and so I reach out to him, and I sent him, like, the information that I had, the little, little bit of information that I had, and, you know, just asked him for, like, his opinion, because I wanted to make, like, I, of course, you know, when you, like, I wouldn't know, I didn't know what all that stuff meant that they were sending me, and, um, you know, so I, I talked with him, and he's like, yeah, I think, I think this baby's fine, like, he's early, but there's nothing wrong, there's, you know, mm -hmm. he's okay, and um, so this is, it seems like it's been hours, but it's probably been like an hour. And finally I get in touch with Dustin and um, I tell Dustin, I'm like, I, I talked with, with Tony, my, you know, my cousin, and but this is what he said. And well, do you want to do it? And Dustin's like, well, yeah, let's like go ahead and do it. You know, and the lady at the agency, she's like, I'm trying to get all this collected, Camille. So I feel like I'm being pressured and there's nothing I can do, you know? And um, so I, finally we said yes. And we sent in our information to be um, considered for this opportunity. And so that was on Sunday. And Monday, they took everything um, to the birth mother and had her review it. And, um, you know, this whole time, I'm just staying in touch with the lady at the referral agency and I'm at this conference I'm trying my hardest to pay attention and to learn things and to soak up everything that I've been looking forward to for the past year but all I can do is continue to refresh my phone to make sure that I haven't missed an email or I haven't missed a text message or you know you can imagine Dakota you can everybody can imagine what this would be like and um, you know and then I'm not even there with like my husband's not even there with me. I don't even have my, my person there. Mm -hmm. And luckily, luckily I'm traveling with the girl that I traveled with for work. We were, we were friends and um, she knew a little bit, but when all this started happening, you know, I had to sit her down and tell her everything because she was going to have to be there for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so it was crazy. She was on pins and needles too. I think I was making her a nervous wreck too. And um, so we made it, like, so we made it through our sessions on Monday and I, you know, at this point I knew I was, I was waiting for an answer, a yes or a no at this point. And, um, so the conference was over or that day, the sessions were over and we were getting ready to go back to, um, our room. And we walked into this little, um, sports bar kind of deal to meet some people. And we, um, ordered some appetizers, sat down and, had happy hour with them and we're walking out and I get a text message and she's like, check your emails. It's the referral agent. She's like, check your emails now. And 
I can remember the exact spot I was standing when I opened that email and it's like, congratulations, you've been selected. And um, it was all the feels like I just, you know, immediately started crying, happy tears. And um, I remember looking at Ashton and being like, I'm a mom. Oh, <laughs> and <Camille>. so <laughs> then we, um, so we're standing there in this uh, casino conference center in Atlantic City and I'm like, I got to get to my room. So, you know, she's rushing me down the hallway. I'm screenshotting the email and sending it to Dustin and um, trying to get to the room so I can call him. And I remember, I think I, he answered the phone like as I was opening my door to my room and I was like, oh my gosh, her parents. And I'm crying. And he's like, but what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's wrong. <laughs> everything's perfect it's just Uh, so happy yeah I'm just crying and uh, (laughs) so he you know where me I'm flooded with emotions and it's like I'm crying and laughing and Dustin when he's flooded with emotions he just goes blind like you know he just Mm -hmm. has to take it all in and um so then I'm rattling things off 90 miles a minute and um he's just sitting there and I was like you know what um why don't you call and tell your parents and then why don't you go over to my parents house and y'all call me and let's tell my parents together because we live right here uh, by my parents so and I figured that'd give him a little bit of time to kind of start to digest and process everything so we did he, he called me back a little while later and we told my parents on speakerphone they had absolutely no idea. No oh, wow. one, no one had any idea because our thought was that like with that other opportunity that we had initially been pursuing, we would have had time to tell everyone, you know, that baby wasn't supposed to be born for months. Mm-hmm. Well, this one, it happened in a matter of 24 hours. So or like, I mean, I guess 48 hours, um, but it just happened so fast. There was no opportunity for us to tell them. And honestly, at that point, you're like, I'm in the middle of it. I don't want to tell them. And then if we don't get selected, then, you know, because sometimes like when you have to face those bad situations, it's just easier to face them alone and deal mm-hmm. with your emotions independently versus having to deal with your emotions and somebody else's emotions. Yes, <laughs> so, I because this had been, it'd been a really hard journey and my family had been through it, through so much of it with us that by the time we got to this point, we were like, let's just kind of be independent going through it. And um, so anyways, this was an, a huge shock to my parents. They knew we were pursuing, uh, this was a huge shock to everybody. They knew we were pursuing adoption, but they did not know we were like currently um, pursuing an opportunity, if that makes sense. And um, so... <clears throat> we um here I am in Atlantic City Dustin's here um in Florida at home and we are trying to figure out like how we're going to get to Texas in the next 24 hours and of course you know in my mind like I wanted to be there right then um mm-hmm. I was you know I was already late and um <laughs> so I started book I just made uh, my friend she sat down and 
and we just made a list of everything that I had to do. And the biggest thing was booking our flights. And um, so we booked flights and we, Dustin handled everything here at home and loaded up all of our stuff. And we met in Texas and by lunchtime on Tuesday, we were at the hospital um, getting ready to see our baby. And um, we showed, we got to the airport and I met that, you know, I flew from New Jersey. He flew from here. We met in, in the airport and uh, we were walking through and I was like, you know, we don't have anything. We had one onesie that I had bought whenever we were going through fertility treatments. And I had thought that maybe it would be the way we announced our pregnancy. So Dustin had grabbed that. So we showed up with that. And then my friend Ashton, she had gone to the hotel gift shop and bought a couple of little things. And so we had that. And then we're walking to the airport. And I was like, yeah, we don't really have anything for this baby. And um, so we go in the, <laughs> the gift shop at the airport and buy, buy a teddy bear that says something about like, welcome to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we showed up uh, to the hospital. And I'm dragging in. I think I had at least two big old suitcases, um, you know, because I was traveling for work. And not a bit of stuff that you'd want to stay, like for a hospital stay, you know. Right. And um, then Dustin comes in. I mean, we, girl, it was hilarious. And so we, um, we get there and I just remember like they made us stop outside of the NICU and they have to check like all of our stuff. And I was standing there and I was so scared and so nervous that I could have like, I was just wanting to cry. Um, because at this point and like for so even after this it the thought is like okay I've come this far I'm this close to having this baby that I've prayed for and I've wanted for so long but then you still know there's like or you think you want to you your mind goes to the bad place and you start to think about all the things that could happen still and um, so we're standing there and I'm just like, just please just get us in there. Just get, let me see this baby. And um, so we, they start walking us in and Dustin and I had wondered for a long time, like, what's it going to be like when you get pregnant, like you're pregnant and you grow this child and you feel it moving in your, in your tummy and you get to see the ultrasounds and hear the heartbeat and, you know, you do all the things and we're not going to do it. We're not going to have any of that. Like it's we're getting walked into this NICU right now and we're about to just be handed this baby and like how how are how are we going to bond with it what's it going to be like and we're walking through and each time like we'd get to like one of the petitions and I'd like kind of slow down and squint my eyes you know thinking like is this it is this the one and we got down and they're like all right here he is and I just remember stopping and he was so, so tiny. And I just remember stopping and standing there looking at him. And I finally looked at the nurse and I was like, well, can I hold him? And she was like, yes, honey, Aww. yes. <laughs> and so I picked him up, you know, she looked at me like, oh yeah, you can hold him. He's yours now. <laughs> yeah. You can change his diaper too. He's yeah. yours, honey. <laughs> you sure can. And so I remember holding him and Dustin and I you know we're both just crying and I'm holding him and Dustin puts his hand on his head and Dustin's hand was as big as the baby's and um 
he was so tiny that instantly, instantly, just this peace and this sense of just being was like in the right place. Um, it just came over both of us. And there was never a moment where we were uncertain. There was never a moment where like we had to figure it out. It was immediate, this bond and this connection that we had with this baby. And it was just the greatest feeling that God could ever have given us was that just that assurity mm -hmm. um, in that moment that you you are right where I've called you to be. And um, so we stayed in Texas. We were in Texas for, geez, I think it was almost a month. Um, it was about three and a half weeks. We were in the hospital for about two and a half weeks. Then we got released from the hospital and we were in a hotel for another week. And then we got to come home. And um, then we got home, like, you know, no, my house was not set up. I had nothing set up. But within a week of us getting this baby and everybody finding out, my sister and my mom and uh, my mother-in-law and family and friends, they had cleaned out our spare bedroom and turned it into a nursery. And people were just, people were sending us stuff in Texas, um, clothes and it was just the greatest, like, because we, we hadn't shared any of our journey, really. But once people started finding out, it was crazy the amount of support that we had and the way that our community just came together um, to encourage us and, and to embrace this. Um, it, was, it was really, I, I just can't explain it, really, how it felt to be part of that. Um, but when we got home, we had a full nursery set up. We had people bring us dinner. I, for at least a month, we had dinner brought, I think, every night. Isn't that um, just the best? I mean, it, yes. it's such a huge help. <laughs> I mean, and food food is one of my love languages. But, I mean, even if it wasn't, just not yes. having to think about what you're going to cook. And you can just really focus on being in the moment and, and being present and yeah, such a blessing. Yes, girl, yes. And um, we, so they, anyway, that was just incredible. And then, um, so we're home and we're getting adjusted and we're just loving this baby. Um, and, you know, just thinking honestly, like, okay, we've got our baby now, like we're good. And um, then on the day that, I think it was the day Samuel turned two months old. I found out I was pregnant. And <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man! I mean, obviously, yeah. I I know that you know you have two other precious babies that you carried, but um, I didn't realize it was that soon. Yeah, yeah. The boys are ten months apart. So God's um, God's timing is perfect. But I'm sure in that <laughs> moment it was kind of like okay, God, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was. It was like, oh my goodness, you know, I was, and it's funny because fear came over me. Like I was scared. I was worried about what Dustin was going to think or Dustin, how Dustin was going to feel. I was worried about like what my family was going to say because here we have, we've just gone and adopted this baby and then now I'm pregnant, you know, and it, why that's where my thoughts went, I don't know, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, now 
And once I started processing it, I realized God led us through everything. He had it all figured out. He knew the end. He knows the end before it ever begins. And he, as much as I thought Dustin and I would have been happy coming home from our honeymoon and getting to tell everybody that we were pregnant, he knew that that wasn't right. He knew we weren't ready for that. He knew that we needed those first few years of our marriage to grow together and to form a relationship and to do the things that we did before we could really be ready and appreciate parenthood for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying that that's the case for everyone, but for us, that was it. And that's what he did. And once, you know, I think that through fertility and then through pursuing our adoption, he placed these people in our lives and he drew, definitely drew us closer to him. And, um, now, you know, and continues to, um, on a daily basis, but in walking through that and looking back over it, I can just see so many, um, so much God in it and, and so much faithfulness. Um, you know, and, and just when I trusted in him, when I fully leaned into him and followed him, he delivered and, um, but none of it, none of it was through me. It was all him, you know, from me seeing that ad on Facebook that morning and, and knowing that there was no way I could make it all happen, but still clicking it and pursuing it because I felt led to, um, you know, to then when we said, well, I don't know, I don't think this is going to be the right opportunity. Well, then he's like, okay, you two just don't listen. (laughs) So we're just going to go ahead and let this baby come early and you're going to get there one way or another, Camille, (laughs) you know, like, I just feel like he was like, oh, you're still not listening to me. Um, But I, I just feel like looking back, I can see him woven all through it and and his faithfulness and his goodness. And one thing that he's continuing. So, so Brantley, Samuel is four, Brantley's three, they're 10 months apart. And then um, we had another surprise blessing um, in our baby girl. I got pregnant with her um, and she's about to be 11 months old. And um, again, it was like, I mean, such a blessing, but not my timing. It was his. And Dustin and I thought that we were getting ready to build a house. We were starting to meet with, um, and we were having some plans drawn up and we were making these plans to build a house. And I was having some anxiety kind of about it. Like I wasn't just real sure about it. And, and I just started praying like, if Lord, if you have something else for us, please show it now. Like, let us know it now because I didn't, I don't want to commit to this house and then something else come along and us already be committed to this house and um and us be stretched too thin or whatever and lo and behold a couple weeks later I come up I'm pregnant again (laughs) so instead of starting to build a house last last September we had a baby last September (laughs) and um (laughs) you know it's it's funny because we our lives are so much different than we thought they would be and um but it's it's all just us doing our best to follow God and follow his calling and, and be faithful to him the way that he's been faithful to us. And, um, I, 
and share, you know, I didn't share a lot of my story as they were walking through it. But once everything started happening and people started knowing, it was incredible the amount of people who reached out to me and were like, you know, did you know that we went through this? Did you know that I was adopted? Did you know? And these are people I've known my whole life. Um, and so I loved getting to connect with them and I still love connecting with these people and their resources to me. They're encouraging to me. And I wish I had, I kind of wish I had shared my story more along the way um, so that people could have walked, walked it with me. But now I realize that like God's given me this story and he's put me in this place and with this message and I can't keep it to myself because in me keeping it to myself, I'm denying people an opportunity to see God in a way that they may not ever have the opportunity to see him. And so that's really why Dakota, like I've, I've, I've started um, sharing this more and, um, and, and I just want to be like an encouragement to other women that are maybe, or, or families even that are maybe walking through this. While I have known about some of the bits and pieces over the years, as, as you shared just a few things with me, I've never heard this, this full story and until this moment. And you can't see me right now, but I've, I've went through just the gamut of emotions. I felt like each time you, you were describing, you know, where you were standing and that you realized you, you were a mama and, um, and then how you were going to get there and the people coming together, your family and friends to put that nursery together when, so that it was ready when you got home. And then also realizing you were, you were pregnant two months later. And, um, and I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of tearful now, but, um, like you said, it, it takes walking through those seasons of, of hardship and as well as sometimes it might not even be hardship, but just the unknown and, and not really understanding what the plan is and what you said there at the end about why it's so important. And you know that you know now that you need to share this story because it's not, it's not even necessarily about about you at this point. Um, it absolutely changed your life. It, it changed Samuel's life, your whole family's life, the, the process that you and, and Dustin went through, but it, it's a story that can change so many other people's lives because they, they'll have the opportunity to, to see God at work in it and through it. And, uh, I, man, Camille, it just, uh, I, for once in my life, I think I'm pretty speechless at this moment. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. And that's one thing that I, every time I share it, it it's a little bit different. Um, but there's always one thing that I try to make sure is it's not about me. It's all about him. And there's no way, you know, I think it's always crazy and I love when God works in a way where no one else can take the glory. It's just clearly a thing that God only could do because then he is the only explanation and he is the one that receives all the glory. And to me, uh, this story and his faithfulness is, um, is pretty evident. And, um, so I'm, I'm just trying to give it, give it back to him. 
can you tell us, Camille, where everybody can go to find you, connect with you on social media? And one of my favorite parts about following you on there are all the mom hacks you share and what you're doing um, with your kiddos for homeschool. So where can people go to find you? Yeah, I'm on um, Instagram and on Facebook and it's Camille with one L. So C-A-M-I-L-E Cox, C-O-X Burleson and that's B-U-R-L-I-S-O-N. So Camille Cox Burleson on both Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Fran, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast, sharing your story, everything that you and Dustin have walked through. I just hope you have a wonderful day. I know this story is going to bless a ton of people that are listening to it. And it, it blessed me being able to record it. Well, thanks Dakota. I love you girl. And um, I'm sure I'll be Marco and you soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Um, we'll talk to you soon. Love you too. you for spending your time with me on the cowgirl confessions podcast i'm so glad y'all stopped by if you could take a moment to share this episode and tag us on social media i'd be happier than a cowgirl and a sea of buy one get one vintage turquoise subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode new episodes will be released bi-monthly please leave us a review if you feel so led by going to itunes your feedback will really help us breed the idea of grabbing life by the horns with a cowgirl state of mind into women across the globe some that may have never even had the privilege to throw their leg over a horse but could most certainly use the cowgirl state of mind while navigating life thanks again y'all until next time keep pursuing your dreams with that all go and no woe mentality remember You're writing a story that's worth saddling up for, sister.